Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, While I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Nicole calling from Hamilton, and I needed to let everyone know that I really proudly support Beach and Creative Control. I have for many years, I will for many more, as long as he keeps delivering these amazing interview podcasts. When you hear one of Beach's interviews, you think he's known this guest for years, they're good friends, uh, but the truth is he approaches every interview, whether it's sort of up-and-coming indie artists or established icons or like famous intimidating comedians with Uh, a really deep, genuine curiosity, so he's never met this person, and the same really warm uh, candor, as though he's known them forever. I think it really lends to a great chat, no matter who he's talking to, and for that reason, I think you should throw Vish, like what, a dollar a month? He's got jokes. The jokes make it worth it. Support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Visha's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down just a little bit. Joshua Hensley and Garth Mason are each talented musicians who currently live in Indiana and Michigan, respectively. Over the past 20 years, Hensley and Mason have collaborated closely in a fantastic underground rock band called the Rutabaga, whose spirited sound and heartfelt singing and lyricism have won them loyal fans and critical acclaim. First available digitally on October 28, 2022, 
and widely available on vinyl beginning on March 17, 2023, both via Comedy Minus One Records. The Rutabaga's excellent new album is called Leading Up To, and it prompted Josh and Garth to return to this show for a discussion about why they're now living in different states, how the pandemic has been hard on Josh because he's immunocompromised, and hard on Garth because he finds people's selfishness infuriating, why it's been six years since the Rutabaga last released a record, how they worked on capturing Leading Up To and its sunny arrangements, bright singing, and heavy lyrical themes. The beautiful cover art by Jay Ryan and how it might relate to leading up to songs, playing more outdoor shows, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, which is the primary source of revenue for this podcast. Thanks for your support all of you who do so, and if you're considering doing so, you can learn more about how to support the show financially at patreon.com slash creativecontrol. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 759 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Joshua Hensley and Garth Mason of the Rutabaga, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. The Hey, Josh, how's it going? It is going just peachy dandy. How are you, Vish? I'm well, thanks for asking. Uh, where in the world are you there? I am in Mishawaka, Indiana, of the United States of America. I see. How are things yes. going in Mishawaka, Indiana uh, today? Here in my house, they're going all right. Yeah, that's fine. The neighbors have been relatively calm today. So, so um, one foot what, outside yeah, that house, about, though, <laughs> it's bedlam. <laughs> that's when some things some go days. awry. Well, hope, yes. hopefully the, the neighbors uh, keep up their uh, good behavior for you there, uh, Josh. That's good. Uh, and uh, Garth, I heard you there. Garth, are you there? Yep. Hi. How's it going? Good. Yourself? Good. Where in the world are you? I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, about an hour and a half north and east of Josh. Now, I don't, uh, I was trying to jog my memory about the last time you were both on. Uh, I think of the band as an Indiana-based band generally. Is that fair, Garth? Yeah, totes. Right. I Yeah, I lived in South Bend like, gosh, almost 20 years and then uh, moved up here. Uh, my uh, w- uh, wife uh, pursuing her MFA at uh, Western uh, uh, in Kalamazoo, Western University. So we moved when, up here. What year did you move, Garth? Was it? 2017. Yeah. Oh, wow. Five years. I know. Uh, it'll be five years yeah. this year. Yeah. But sorry, there's a Western University in Michigan because there's a school in Ontario is called the University of Western. Uh, yeah, so it's Western Michigan University. Western Michigan. Okay, I didn't know yeah, that. Sorry, That's which which locally you just call it Western. No, but I, my point is for those listening around the world, uh, London, Ontario, where Western University is based, is sort of one of the. Well, it's still what two hours from the Michigan border or something like that. It's east but of it's here. Pretty, yeah, yeah, it's pretty close to the. We think of London as being closer to the. Sorry, when I lived in southern Ontario, 
you would think of London as a, a city that's relatively close to the border. It boggles the mind that both Michigan and uh, London, Ontario would have schools named Western. That's got to be confusing. Every once in a while, you're probably getting the wrong magazine in your mailbox is what I'm getting at because uh, of the confusion. Even more confusing just how not very Western they are geographically to the whole, <laughs> exactly. both countries. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, too. That's a good point, too. So uh, so you guys are a part, um, which I, I didn't realize. Uh, I think of you as a close-knit band. Uh, Josh, how has it been uh, having Garth uh, so far away from you? Because I assume you're, what, two hours away from each other? Hour and a half-ish. Hour and a half, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, well, what's that like for you, Josh? It's, I mean, it's not been a huge challenge, especially obviously the last couple of years where we weren't doing a whole heck of a lot in person. But yeah, I guess before then, it definitely made like getting together to practice a little more complicated, you know, as he coming here, I'm more likely I would be going there because he's got gear, uh, gear mountain there at his house. But, um, yeah, it wasn't a deal breaker. And honestly, when Garth moved, it was good timing because I was going to school and kind of needed to slow down with band stuff at that point anyway. So, it, it's it's been fine. It I miss like going to lunch with him and things like that. But even if he was still in South Bend, we wouldn't have been doing a, a lot of that anyway the last couple of years. So uh, I can still smell him from here. That's what's important. Well, that's the that's just because of the Zoom preset we have. Uh, we we <laughs> press that the sent button. Uh, what about uh, what about you, Garth? Is it uh, difficult being uh, away from Indiana? Do you miss it? Do you miss? Uh, I don't want to say, do you miss Josh? Because it could get awkward if the answer is not really. Uh, but do you miss uh, do you miss your Indiana life? Oh boy, that's really complicated, man. You know, it's it, like when you you get to middle age and you've been a musician and you were kind of based in one area for a long time. You kind of build a life and that sort of thing around that, and then and then kind of leaving that was a big adjustment. I mean, that's outside of just you know Josh and me. You know, you have like a community and, you know, your favorite restaurants and friends and all that sort of thing. And, and then, you know, just being far enough away to be a pain in the ass, you know, it, <laughs> it makes that more complicated. But, you know, my family is there. I'm there in the area quite a bit. So, you know, it's it's just different. It's not really like it's I think before the pandemic, it would just be more pointed practices and rehearsals like you know what i mean like the convenience of like eh, you know we just get together and practice if we didn't need to yeah and then we would get like we, if we had we would just be more kind of agenda focused when we do get together and now being you know even further apart it's still like something doable like just uh, sending each other song ideas through the mail that sort of thing and just making it work i don't think that's really even unique to us i think that's yeah. I mean, I think a lot of bands like, you know, again, pandemic, 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 but like, I think it's just something we everybody's had to navigate and figure out, you know, how, what's going to work for them. Yeah. I was going to say like, uh, exactly what you just basically said. I don't think your circumstance is, uh, that, uh, novel these days, uh, because of the novel coronavirus. I didn't mean to do a weird tie in that way it was, it was almost punny are there any other we'll allow it. are there any other obstacles josh to are you guys uh playing together being in the same room and uh getting together 
Well, I mean, I guess the big thing at this point, now that a lot of people have kind of gone back to quote unquote normal, is I've been slower to get back to like in-person stuff because I'm immunocompromised. So last year, 2022 was the, like, we really hadn't even seen each other for like a couple of years. I think we still felt close just because we, you know, we talk, you know, online or on the phone and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we hadn't like been together in person uh, for a while because of that. But we were able to uh, do some outdoor practices. Like uh, Garth was saying, his family is kind of out this way by me, um, although uh, I guess even farther south from Kalamazoo. Um, and they both have properties that are like, like both of Garth's parents have properties that are out kind of, they don't have close neighbors and uh, kind of out in the boonies. So we were able to do like outdoor practices at their property which was, I mean, it was really great for me to be able to do that and still feel, yeah, still feel safe and comfortable with the with that kind of setup. Um, so that I think that's probably been the only, I, well, yeah, that's been the other big challenge is just trying to figure out how to do things in a way that's that I feel safe about. And Garth's been super accommodating with I that. I bought one of those uh, which, plexiglass screens, you know, that you see around the drums. Yeah. No, because Josh <laughs> knows that I even like I just wasn't. I'm. I was not going to quit my, you know, doorknob licking. Like that's just never going to stop for me, pandemic or no. I'm going to continue to lick. All it's the a weird knobs. tick. Uh, I know this is uh, scheduled as an interview, but it's also kind of an intervention, Garth. <laughs> yeah, we need you to stop licking doorknobs. That's what uh, Josh and I decided. This no, it's uh, over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fail another failed intervention. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I uh, want to express my sorrow for you, Josh. There, I did not realize that you were you are immunocompromised, and I don't want to pry. But does your status predate the pandemic, or is this something that occurred? Because I think of you guys, as, as I recall, you were a pretty outgoing group. Uh, you would play shows. You would do things. Um, yeah. Is this a relatively recent phenomenon, this uh, status that you have? No. it's So I have uh, Crohn's disease, and the medication that I take for that is, yeah, it causes my immune system to be weakened. I see. Um, yeah. So, and that's been, yeah, that's been ongoing for, for years. Okay. Um, but it definitely, yeah, obviously with the the pandemic it kind of brought that into focus and um i see yeah i'm so sorry that's that's got to be hard and it probably gives you a very uh, unique perspective on um the way people are behaving right now which i talk about <laughs> too much i made a new year's resolution that i would not talk so much about the pandemic on this show because I yeah. feel like we get mired in it. It is the reality of the situation. But um, I want to actually go to Garth on this just because um, before I get to you, Josh, because I, I wonder what it's like for him. Uh, because you here you are, your dear friend and colleague that you make music with wants to do those things. And yet I'm gathering other people's behavior and I would call it selfishness is going to impact his ability to do that and your ability to work together. Garth, uh, 
Is anything I'm saying resonating with you? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, resonating is maybe putting it lightly. Uh, it's been extremely frustrating. Uh, I've certainly alienated even some of my closer friends by ranting about this on social media. It's been extremely frustrating. Like, and it's it's just crushing. You know, like, um, you know, I don't get to see my friend. I'm worried for my friend. And it's not just even that. Like, the, just the whole thing is so. It's like you said. It's the word is selfish, and there's just like I'm just going to go ahead and say that because. I, I feel that like that this this whole disease really has just preyed on our innate selfishness as a society yeah. and and people just unwilling to take a small inconvenience or I you know I what I see is a small inconvenience of you know taking some s- small steps just to like help you know prevent things um it's just it's um yeah, it's heartbreaking. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's uh I don't I kind of get a little emotional about it, but um I'll just maybe leave it at that. Well, it's heartbreaking and infuriating. Uh it's it, for me it's those two things and I'm not luckily not dealing with that in a direct way in my household. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Uh Josh, uh, same question, similar question from your perspective. You seem like a really chill and zen person. I know <laughs> my sense of you is uh, that you will always uh, lean on kindness before antagonism. But given your own predicament, like are you Garth saying it's heartbreaking? I say infuriating. What is your what is your catch all term <laughs> for your feeling uh, feelings about this situation and your own predicament? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I it it vacillates because. You know, I try, I try and keep things in perspective. Like I, you know, I feel very privileged to be able to work from home. You know, my kids are, are older so that I'm not having to like deal with trying to figure out school and parents who are, you know, being fed, you know, conspiracy theories all the time and showing up at (laughs) meetings demanding that their kids, you know, I'm some of the things that I'm sure you're probably dealing with. So like, I do feel very fortunate for that. Yeah. I, I, I try to focus on the positives of it, but I can't say that it doesn't hurt, uh, sometimes just to kind of feel like, yeah. I mean, there, there are people and friends that have been very supportive and understanding Garth. Like when the first practice that Garth and I got together, um, like I remember pulling up and he had already, he had gotten there before me. This was out at his dad's place and he had driven, you know, from Kalamazoo, brought all his, his drums and, you know, a little PA setup and all this stuff. And, he had a, this filter box he had made, uh, to kind of put between us. And, you know, we, he, he'd had everything set up and uh, I pulled up and he immediately put his mask on before I got out of the car, you know, and just like walking up to him and he was like, you know, are you cool with hugging it out? And so we both, you know, kind of took a deep breath and, and I just lost it immediately, you know, got emotional and, uh, was kind of like sobbing. Just it, it felt, it meant a lot to me that he was, um, 
Yeah. It's the, it's the exact opposite of selfishness. I appreciate this and I, I appreciate, um, how happy that is for you. Uh, and, yeah. And, if, and it, yeah. like the, the fact that he, that he was willing to do what it took to make me feel comfortable, um, and safe meant a lot. You know, I mean, those are some things that even like some of my close family have, haven't done some of those things, you know? So, um, yeah, no, it's, I should probably move on from that. So it's just not like an hour of, of me crying over no, no, here. But, no, no, no. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's been up and down. And I am I mean, I am happy that that most people are feeling more comfortable and like they can get back to some of the things that they really miss doing. It's just it's it's tough because the people that not just me like uh, but, you know, there's people that get left behind from that and it just seems like it's so easy for a lot of people to just be be like well you know i'm gonna do what i need to do to feel okay and and i mean i get it like mental health is important too and some and some people need more um you know more physical contact they need to see others more often to stay to be okay in in themselves so i try to keep that in mind too but yeah i I guess i would just say it means a lot when others show that they're willing to make make some changes to make things better for all of us i mean that's the way that we should live you know (laughs) i I agree with you completely and um garth i want to give you a chance to speak to this i know you spoke to it earlier about the heartbreak and the frustration but uh if you, I, I just wonder if it might be instructive for people listening, perhaps like um, for you to talk about your motivation, not only to help your friend here, but I feel like you're probably behaving in a in a way that you wish other people were behaving in. I'm sure that's probably the case, but can you talk a little bit about your motivation, both in working with and, and hanging out with Josh, and maybe how you're handling things yourself uh, as you navigate the world these days? I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it's. So it's not just Josh, like it's also like, you know, I have people in my family that are older. I know some of them have gotten it. I feel like they've gotten some of those, you know, long lasting conditions that come along with, you know, I, again, not to reference your previous interview with uh, Steve Albini, but like, I mean, that was something that, you know, is coming out more and more these sort of things. And it's just like, I want to be the last person on earth to get it. <laughs> I want to, I want to win that lottery and, or win that contest to be the last person to get COVID, you know? Yeah. And it's like, just because it, you know, not just my own personal well being, but just like, you know, like I just don't want to be a vector for it and pass it on to others. And it's just, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know why, it's so damn difficult for so many others to, you know, they turn it into a political issue somehow or, or just whatever and feel like it's somehow an impingement on their, their freedom. I, I know I'm not directly answering your question, but like, no, no, I, um, there's a lot of peer pressure in this situation that I was not anticipating people, uh, bowing to, frankly. I thought we were stronger right. than that as adults. Um, and just to put a slight, pin in this because i know we don't want to make this whole thing about something <laughs> we've already totally blown yeah. your uh, new year's resolution <laughs> <laughs> well it, but again it's germane and relevant more so in this case but i will tell you real quick i've spoken to two musicians this week as we're speaking both in very prominent bands 
who play big shows. And both of them told me, like totally irrespective of each other, they both told me they each got COVID uh, about a year ago. So early 2022. Mm-hmm. And at the time they were as vaxxed as they could be. One person told me they are having brain fog on stage. Mm-hmm. Like they are having short and long-term memory issues as they're playing a song. They forget what they're supposed to be doing. Wow. And it takes them a few moments to get back into what they were doing. That to me is terrifying. I will tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. And it should be for everyone, but I don't know why. Right. Some people are like, right. whatever, I had it. I didn't, it didn't feel anything. The other person said, I, I said, any lingering effects from your case? And they said, well, I only have 50% of my smell, my scent back. I've lost, I lost my sense of smell. And I would say I got about half of it back. Half of it. I don't know how they're, uh, making that calculation, but they can't smell. So that's all I wanted to say it to maybe bolster your positions. Um, Josh's situation notwithstanding, which is obviously very serious. But Garth, you're correct. I also want to be you and I. I, I hope to be the last person to get it. Uh, and I hope you my. Fa- we're going to pinky swear and <laughs> well, uh, make a. <laughs> Packed I, contest. I also don't want my family to get it. I don't want to be a burden to my children as I get older because I got this thing because I had to go see a band. Um, right. I, I, and I, I did do a little bit of it. I wore a mask. I went to see some bands uh, in October Same. because they were pretty, Same. pretty important. Uh, uh, the Sadies were a band I went to go see, and that yeah. was important to me. Uh, but it was an exception. I did the same to see Low. Yes. Um, last last April, and you're probably very. Glad you did that. Well, it was two days. Yeah, because two days later they canceled their whole tour because they all got COVID. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. there is this there is this feeling of if something's very rare and special, I will make an effort. But uh, all this to say, same. um, I appreciate your perspectives. I am going to try to stick to my New Year's resolution. But (laughs) if it's germane to these songs, then I think it's germane to bring up again. Is all I'm going to get to. Please don't feel uh, hesitant. I am. Also going to take this moment to uh, send my condolences to both of you. I know you both experienced uh, losses, uh, personal losses here, um, and they inform these songs. This is going to be a sad episode, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hope you brought your tissues. Well, you don't even know. <laughs> no, I. I it's will, kind of our thing. It's kind I, of our thing, Vish. Well, the <laughs> funny thing is, uh, to me, uh, and what I really love about the Rutabaga is how uh, happy the packages are. For often very um, somewhat sad content, if you will. Uh, And uh, so I want to get to this a little bit. Um, First of all, uh, for those listening, how long has it been since uh, the Rutabaga last made a a record, Josh? It's been a a little while. Yeah, I think the last one, Unreliable Narrator, came out, I want to say, six years ago. So, yeah, it's been been a minute. That's the last time you guys were on the show, too, I think, right? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's been six years now. I, I don't think it's uh, necessary to go into why, based on everything we've just discussed. It sounds like there were a lot of factors there that might have delayed your writing. Garth, uh, can you talk a little bit about the process of bringing the band back together uh, to play and, and to, to, to write again? Um because again, our perspective outside of a band is, well, they must not have hung out for six years and then got together right. one day and then just made a record and then see you in six years. But were you writing in that, uh, that time frame, the between records or were you, were you a little bit dormant? As Josh mentioned, he was going to school, things slowed down. Sure. 
Sorry, I'm answering your question for you. Can you talk a little bit about when you started <laughs> writing together again? So we had like the major tracking done actually before the pandemic, uh, like in fall of 2019. And mm -hmm. then, you know, of course the pandemic actually hit and then like, you know, all of a sudden we're like, well, what's the sense of urgency behind it now? You know? And so we just kind of sat on it for a while. Plus, you know, like well, well-documented delays in production, that sort of thing for like, if you're pressing vinyl, especially, um, but you know, like we just always like Josh is the definitely, I don't want to even say the primary songwriter. He's like the songwriter, like these are his songs and my contributions are more like, well, what if we did this or what if we did that? Or just like little things here and there. Like I'm, uh, I don't want to say like, I don't know that that's, you know what I mean? Like he, he's pretty much got the songs written, emails me the, the tracks and then I'll kind of, and we just kind of, kind of always do that. And we've been, we haven't really stopped doing things like, you know, we did a couple like little one-offs here and there every year. We do a song for uh, John Solomon's Christmas show, uh, his Christmas marathon. So it's just, it's just all more spread out. And in the between times, like we have our own things that we kind of do and, you know, we've got day jobs too. And we're, mm. so it's just, you know, it's a full life and we just fit it in where we can. Right. Well, in some of the songs that ended up on the record, we had been playing out live. So like previously to when we started recording, we had been, yeah, some of the songs had, had been in our live sets for a while, which was, it was kind of nice. There was, I think a mixture of, I don't, I don't know, you can go, Sometimes it's nice to record something when it's super fresh and you you know you just wrote it but sometimes it also like the songs kind of evolve a little bit after you're playing them you know in front of other people and stuff like that so I think this record has some of both of that um yeah a few of the songs were definitely in our sets for uh you know probably even just shortly after the last record came out so so is it, is it difficult then to – so it's not a concentrated blast of songwriting is what we've established. This was a, a, a year uh, – several years. Trickle. Process. Yeah, it's a trickle. Okay. Uh, because mm -hmm. I, I also read something interesting in the biographical notes about this record that the second half of it was a bit more improvised in the studio uh, or at least a little less prepared than maybe the – I was what I inferred was – the first side was a little more prepared, uh, like you say, probably playing songs over and over again. The second half, maybe a little less so. Josh, is that about accurate? Yeah, I don't, and I don't know if it would necessarily be like side A, side oh, B, okay. but there are, um, yeah, definitely three or four of the songs. Uh, I guess they are all on the second side. It did come together more while, like while we were recording. The let's see. Well, definitely mulch. The the last song on the record was one that like we had kind of gotten all the tracking done for the songs for the other songs, and uh, we still had some you know we still had some time and everything was kind of set up. The drums were sounding good, and so you know Garth had said, "Do you have you know do you have anything else?" And I was like, "Well, I've got this." I had a voice memo with the that little guitar riff and we kind of messed around with that. And then I think we were going to record the next day. And so like I went home that night and kind of ended up writing lyrics and pulling the structure together. And, and then, yeah, that next day when we went to, to record it, just like 
kind of coalesced really quickly. Um, and that ended up, yeah, I mean, that's maybe if I had to like pick a favorite song on the record, I mean, that one, um, I, I just really love how that turned out. And it was, yeah, that was a case where it was like recording it right away, I think added something to it. I feel like it's kind of like, you know, you capture that vibe when it's like fresh and exciting. Like, you know, like you hear a lot of people who are insane record collectors and, you know, you hear like, oh, but their demo version was so great, you know, and Mm -hmm. a lot of that reason is not because it's recorded better. In fact, it's most certainly recorded poorly comparatively, especially 30 plus years ago. But like, but that excitement and newness and freshness is like that you just you know like sometimes you when you can capture that it's like that's pretty you're cool. absolutely it's, no you're absolutely 100 percent. um i think that when a song like mulch comes together in the studio it is that same magical feeling that you get when you first put a demo down um but you're getting to mm-hmm. share that one i've had that too where like i made a record and the most magical memories are the ones we kind of came up with without a plan and it feels more magical as you listen back because you're like yeah we just made that up we had 10 songs done, but those two, like, we were like, what do we, is this worth doing? And then you do it. And then you, in retrospect, I had to do this exercise recently because someone asked me to be on their show and send them old songs I'd made. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't pick like the ones that we worked to death. I picked the one that felt like the most magical happenstance moment. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that's what you're getting at there, Garth. Like that, yeah, those, totally. that that's what sticks out. And Josh. Yeah. About mulch. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. But I will say also as the drummer in these circumstances, uh, <laughs> when you're not sure about how a song goes, like there's a reason bands are like, okay, we've got the rhythm section down. Mm-hmm. Now we can build upon that. Like that's rock solid. But as a drummer, when you're not, I don't know if you have this experience, Garth, but I've had that feeling. I, I also remember that feeling when I listened to that, those special recordings I'm talking about. I'm, it's like, yeah, that was magical, but also, phew, I can't believe I actually pulled that off in a steady enough way that everyone was able to build upon it. Did you have right. that a little bit, Garth? Well, it helps being a two piece, right? Yes. Because I like, in most ways, like, I'll be honest, I think Josh has better rhythm than I do. <laughs> um, so we're like any sort of lockstep is, you know, like I'm, I'm syncing up to Josh most of the time, to be honest, uh, especially live, maybe less so like we've gotten used to because of our distance and things and got used to working and, you know, recording to a click, you know, which is like, oh, you know, it's like kind of a forbidden word for for some folks but like it's just a practical way of, of doing Eesh. things <laughs> well I, this came up recently because i'm supposed to do a thing and they were and a friend of mine said you're gonna get a click i'm like no i'm like the leave on i have the leave on helm philosophy and i did i tell this story on the show where i may have uh somewhere i'm trusting you why the hell would you guys know there's a thing that i got like 20 odd years ago it was a leave on helm drum instructional video Mm-mm. And, uh, and someone said, uh, he was, t- he's, he, it's just him kind of riffing on how to play drums. And he says something like, and I'll forgive me for trying to do this accent or impression, but he says something like, a lot of guys will tell you, you gotta have a click track going, but I'll tell you what, that ain't my cup of meat. <laughs> and, uh, I always thought that was so, ri- so my friends and I would always be like, yeah, that's not our cup of meat. Like that just became our expression. <laughs> so, uh, cause he was just like, feel, feel, I'm just going to go with the feel. No click track and, uh, but he also had amazing timing. So, uh, anyway, just a, a little 
leave on helm note as I like to make <laughs> on the show sometimes. So you did employ a click track. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Garth? Sometimes yes. And yeah. sometimes no, I don't remember which ones. So I, yeah, some songs like they're just right without, um, but then sometimes, especially if we have to collaborate on a song different long distance, like, you know, those Christmas songs you're talking about, you know, like, uh, the, it's just a necessity, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, and so I feel like, I mean, honestly, I do feel like that has improved my, you know, push pull a little bit, at least, you know, I, even, <laughs> even going into pro tools, like, oh, I can see right there visually where I screwed up. Uh, right. I need to work on that. And so I'll, something I work on as opposed to, you know, it, it, the temptation is always to fix things in pro tools. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying I haven't. But, Are uh, you saying you know, that's your cup of meat there, Garth? <laughs> my cup of meat is to try to get it right. And then if I'm banging my head against the wall for two weeks straight because I can't, then I might have to go into Pro Tools and, uh, right. you know, I mean, the Beatles did it. I don't feel bad about it. Did the Beatles use Pro Tools? I don't think it was around back then. Pretty much. It? Did they? Yeah, no, okay. no, they did. They had Pro Tools. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair George enough. George Martin, the uh, father of Pro Tools. I think father of Pro, father Tools. of Pro Tools. Moving stuff around yeah. is not, I guess what you're getting at is it's not necessarily the worst thing to move a beat around so that it syncs properly. Yeah. It, Do you think right. they perform Day like in the Life parts. all in one go? No, no, probably not. I don't, I think <laughs> I actually. That's why they waited so long to release the, um, release that uh, documentary was because yeah, they bad. had to get the digital video <laughs> up to speed with the pro tools that they were I using. I see. Okay. Ago. I did yeah. not. This Little is Beatles lore. Fact. Beatles lore. I did not know. I'm sorry. I, I've read Jeff Emmerich's book here, there and everywhere. He does not mention pro tools. That's all lies. I'll check the index uh, and see if pro tools is actually in Now I alluded no, to, they, the, they couldn't. <laughs> I alluded to, uh, the emotional tenor of this record. Um, Josh, in an overarching sense, like, uh, sorry, what I was getting at there is I hear a lot of loss, uh, and, uh, longing. Um, and there's a beautiful 10 minute song that really hammers this home. A lot of sparse language to get these emotions across too, if I might say. Not a whole lot of words in some, in some respects, but a lot of really heavy emotions. In an overarching mm-hmm. sense, Josh, can you kind of encapsulate maybe what some of these, where some of these songs kind of came from? What might have inspired them? Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely not uh, like a 100% like, oh, this is a concept album about loss or whatever. But I, I do think that's a theme, not just in the songs on this record, but uh, something that's kind of been a theme through uh, a lot of the songs that we've worked on, uh, you know, since Garth and I started playing together back in uh, 2011. But yeah, in particular, there are a few songs that I think touch on that, on the, uh, you know, Gone, which I think is the one you were talking about, the longer. Yeah, Gone is the one I was alluding to, yeah. Longer one. And then, yeah, definitely Walk on Ahead, uh, which is later, comes later in the record, uh, which is one I had written for, for my grandfather when he was, uh, he was dying of cancer. This was back in, uh, well, yeah, it was like 2005. Um, so oh, okay. that song's actually, that's been around for quite a while. It, it And it is weird. Emily and I were talking, um, uh, my partner, Emily, uh, who sings on several of the songs, uh, we were talking the other day. She had, she had to go run some errands and um, the CD was 
I think I had left it in the CD player in the car from just checking to make sure everything sounded right when we actually got the CDs back from the pressing place. Yeah. But she, she was commenting that how, you know, even though the record does kind of deal with some heavier things that it feels more hopeful to her and just like more, I don't know, there's something like brighter maybe about it. And I pick up on that too. I don't know. It, it's, it is kind of weird looking back. Like I, when I think about unreliable narrator now, it does feel a little murkier and a little, um, I don't know, not as cohesive, not necessarily in a bad way. Like I feel like I still am really proud of how that record turned out and everything, but I don't know. This one feels a little more hopeful and a, like there's something brighter about it. So I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> you did. No, you did. And I, I want to take this to Garth before I go back to you on it, because I want to respond to what you're saying by suggesting that I hear that brightness too. And I think it has a lot to do with the vocals uh, mm. and, and the phrasing and the attack of the, of, of both you and Emily. Like it's, it's, that's a big part of what feels uplifting to me is the impassioned vocals uh, and, and just the tone of it, the tenor. Um, Garth, what do you think is, what do you make of what Josh is saying about the, the brightness? And I guess just to make myself feel important and included, what do you make, <laughs> what do you make of my take on, uh, on, on the singing itself? I think it's, it's always interesting to hear the things that other people hear that maybe you didn't catch yourself. Like what you just said, I hadn't really considered that before. It's so weird, right? When you, when you've done a thing, you're close to it. And it's so like, it's especially when you're the, the hardest part is like trying to find some sort of objectivity. Uh, objectivity is like, is this good? Uh, and like, would I listen to this on my own? Is this something I would go out and buy? Uh, is this something that if I stumbled across this on Spotify or Bandcamp, would I pick this up on, you know, Bandcamp Friday or something like that? That's about all I have. So like, and, and kind of descriptors like, you know, doing, doing live sound and doing recording for a long time too. It's like, it's really hard because like, if you want to do your job well, in some ways you kind of have to dial that, like, do I like this knob way back? Right. And because if you, if you're just sitting there thinking in your head, oh, this sucks, you're not going to be able to do a good job objectively. So then that also comes into the work that you're own doing, but then it's not, it's so murky and so confusing uh, because in the end, like really all I can do is just like go with how it feels and all of this feels good to do and play and work on and record and bring, you know, and mix and make it sound as best I can on my part of things. Cause the last thing I want to do is screw up the awesome stuff that Josh is doing. Right. So like things that you're mentioning about, like, uh, like these are the things that come in, like these observations you're making are on that finished product. Yeah. And because I've been involved in, as they say, making the sausage, I don't really think or see those things in that same way. But does that mean, but, but, but give, I, I appreciate what you're saying and how you, it might be difficult for you to be anything but subjective about this. You're in the band for crying out loud. You're involved in the process. But, um, at the same time, as you, ponder do you even internalize what joss is singing about and in the way he's singing it like 
can you oh, <laughs> compartmentalize God, yes. I, and be and be like, oh, what a powerful song or whatever? Like, can you do you have those thoughts? Visha, I don't want to be precious about this, and I don't want to be even I don't know poncy, but like. It, working on the material for me is sometimes it's sometimes really difficult uh, because like there are times when I'm literally mixing it or even when I'm playing with them live that I'm just like, I don't know if I can hold it together. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm yeah. just like, something's happening. I'm feeling like my tears are welling up or something. And it's like, I've, there've been times where I've like, well, I'm done with this. You know, like if you're just mixing and you're working in your own studio and not on somebody else's dime, the, the nice thing is like, well, yeah. time for a walk uh, yeah. or time to go watch a comedy special or something, need a break from it. But uh, sometimes you sit with it. But like when you're doing it live, like I've had a few times where I'm just like barely holding it together. I see. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, no, it does resonate quite a bit. And, you know, it's just that different sometimes where like when you're performing it too, you know, because there's people there. And you're feeling a little self-conscious anyway. And I don't know. It, it, it's it's a, just a different thing entirely. Sure. Yeah. No, fair enough. And I appreciate you answering that as honestly as, as you can and, and as candidly as you can, because I know it can be you're, you're operating in a weird objective, subjective. When you don't write the songs, but you're in the band, I find this all the time. Like, it's weird. Like, yeah, I I too am emotionally swept up in what my singer and good friend has come up with. And other than interviews, we don't even talk about it because it can be a bit <laughs> a bit awkward or a bit weird to be like probing them about their feelings and thoughts. That's just not – I've been in bands that way too. Like you learn more about your colleague's uh, mindset when you sit with them for an interview or something because you just right. accept it for what it is. So I appreciate all those things. Josh, I said I would uh, come back to you about the singing part and I don't want to be a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, my My sense is that – or rather, my take is the singing and the delivery um, is is really a source of the brightness on the record. Can you possibly be objective about that uh, notion? Well, in one sense, I think I can because we did have, uh, and this is maybe, I don't know if this has anything to do with what you're talking about, but we Garth did get a new microphone that most (laughs) most of my that's not what i was i wasn't talking about the clarity or the fidelity i was talking about the emotional impact of the Um, delivery but oh that was no that was built in the mic that's a preset okay that's yeah that's a setting you just click it click a switch okay got it yeah emotional lift switch it's right on the back (laughs) it's tube driven (laughs) yeah it's a little i feel like i have to dance around this a little bit just because i don't want to be too precious about like my meow meow, um, my, <laughs> my, uh, my, yeah, my vocals are, you know, the lyrics are, are things like that. But I will say I felt very present when I was recording yeah. the vocals, maybe more than, than I ever have. And I think part of that was just at this point, we have a lot, like Garth and I have a lot of history together we're very comfortable he's someone that i know i can lean on he's uh he's someone that i can let my guard down around and you know and not be worried that he's gonna be like yeah in the other room laughing because i'm 
singing another song about loss or whatever, you know? So I think we've, we have kind of gotten to a good place and not that I wasn't comfortable before, but I did, I did feel very present when I was recording these songs and, and I hope that comes through and that might be more of what, what you're referencing rather than the uh, large diaphragm condenser that I was singing into. (laughs) Yeah, it it is that. Okay. With the emotional impact switch. With the emotional, with the emo impact switch. Turned on. The emo imp. Yeah. I think is what it's called yeah. in the biz. Uh, no, I, I do appreciate that. And I, I can get, I, that's a big part of recording is trusting the people in the room with you to, cause mm-hmm. you're putting your heart, you're laying your, uh, heart out on the line there and it can be difficult to do. So I appreciate that. Right. We've been talking a little bit about the whimsical and, uh, somewhat unsettling or harder aspects of this record uh, leading up to. And this brings me to Jay Ryan. I still have the cellophane on my copy of your record. I haven't ripped it. It's peeled, but I just haven't pulled the cord completely on the cellophane. Forgive the glare. I will do that soon. But um, I'm. Uh, you don't know this probably, or maybe you have some evidence of it on your screen. My house is adorned. Virtually every room is adorned with Jay Ryan artwork of some kind. So I'm a big fan of his. Uh, but he yeah, is some, incredible. He is incredible. And I want to ask you about the, uh, process of getting him to do this, uh, beautiful cover art. One of the reasons I invoke uh, Jay in this context, beyond the fact that he's involved in your record is I, I think he has that balancing act too, where every image as playful as it might be and bright, uh, if you really look at it, you're like, it's a little weird and strange. Mm-hmm. The characters, the, scenarios or can have a little bit of an edge to them. And so it seems like he would be the perfect artistic compliment for the rutabaga on this particular record. Uh, I don't know which one of you brought Jay in. I'm going to go to Josh first, but how did Jay Ryan become involved in the album art uh, for this record? So, yeah, so obviously we're, we're big fans of Jay's and it, you know, we're fortunate that we've been able to spend some time with him in person too. And he's just, He's just a wonderful dude and an incredible artist. And his, uh, his wife, Diana, is also, uh, an amazing artist. Um, and I, so I follow them both on social media and she had actually, Diana had posted a photo of their daughter. Well, we'll, we'll call her the adventurer. And that's how that, I think that's what Jay, uh, how Jay referred to her, but, yeah, they she had posted a picture of their daughter uh in the woods, that Warren Woods, which is not too far from here, uh kind of uh close to Lake the Lake Michigan uh shoreline. And it was just such a yeah, it was I I don't remember when she posted it, but it was such a striking image to me uh that I took a screenshot of it and saved, you know, saved it to my phone. You know, we had worked with Jay before and uh, I don't know, something had, you know, it kind of stuck in my mind, like, uh, maybe it would be cool to incorporate something, you know, based off that photo into some, you know, into something in the future. And, um, yeah. So basically Jay, we asked if he'd be willing to do an illustration kind of based on that photo and huh. he said, yeah. And, um, so we, yeah, we sent him like a mix, a uh, mix of the album just so he could kind of hear it and get 
get the vibe of the record. And then Jay, he kind of like he, he, yeah, he works on his own timeline. Like, yeah, he, I don't know. He's like kind of like the, a weird magician. And you're like, okay, is he, is he going to do this thing? And then I'll just all of a sudden he'll be like, Hey, check this out. And he's, he's, he, he sent us like a sketch, uh, like a black and white sketch of in process. And Garth and I were just like, Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and I almost wanted to, I remember saying to Garth, like, like part of me just wants to be like, stop, just stop. Like, that's perfect. Don't like in black. It was so cool in black and white. And Garth was like, just let him do his thing. And like, (laughs) but yeah, when he sent over the, the final version that was like fully in color, like I, like I, I, I think I dropped my phone. I was just like, Oh my God. It's yeah. It's I, I audibly gasped. I remember like going out and like showing Emily, like, look, look, look what Jay did (laughs) and just like crying. Um, that's lovely. But yeah, it's, yeah. Do you feel, Garth, do you feel like, uh, again, uh, as someone who can barely keep it together as you're processing the songs that your band plays, (laughs) uh, do you feel like, uh, and I'm just, uh, no, no, that's, that's just, you can use that as a blurb on the next record on the sticker. Uh, oh God, I'm going to regret uh, no, that. So even the much. drummer can barely keep it together. <laughs> Where That's, I was coming from with this mild insult uh, was, do you feel like the cover art um, speaks to maybe the tone of the record? Uh, I don't want to give you my uh, English student uh, reading of it or art student reading of it, but do you feel like that? Does it feel like it fits the, the tone of the record? One of the things that I think is really interesting about it is like if if you hold it up um, again, you can see there's like what's amazing to me is that there's just like there's an amount of darkness kind of lurking. It's kind of like the opposite of uh, the uh, silver lining behind every cloud. It's like the cloud behind every silver lining. But mm-hmm. like there's that kind of hint of. Uh, lurking darkness behind all of it, which, you know, maybe that's a little heavy handed interpretation on my part. I'm certainly not a English major or an art major, but like just the fact that there's all these like bright and vivid colors and like that's there at the forefront, but it's just this strange added depth that the further you get into this, like there's something else kind of hiding there that, you know, is, is maybe, not what it seems to be at, at first, you know. Well, my two the, my two readings were, and those who can't see it, there'll be a photo of this in the podcast uh, uh, post. There's two ways you could look at this based on what you just said, is that uh, this is a reflection of, uh, of mm-hmm. uh, there's a, this could be a river. It could be a river here. And, and the trees above it are reflecting in the, in the water. And there's a child almost in a prayer stance, uh, at the river there, uh, and, and the, 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 the reflection is darker than the reality. That's one thing. The other side mm-hmm. of it though is you could look at these as being like kind of the, the continuation of the trees in the ground, the roots, uh, familial roots. You see where I'm coming from? Now that I've got yeah. my old English degree, uh, I pushed a button and it's on. Uh, the, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like, Do you have a switch on your mic for yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's right beside the emo imp. 
there's a yeah great master's thesis mt i clicked on that switch so <laughs> that's all i'm getting at like it does seem like there's a lot going on and given the context of some of the record given the the context you'll the, see too there's more reflection than there is everything above it as well. yeah that's true it, it's a, it's a really fascinating thing about growth and potentially uh when you sing when you have a song like mulch uh, on here as well and i can't help but think of the earth so it's for somehow to me, based on the fact that I'm going to give myself an A on that analysis. Uh, I think it's a fortuitous, a plus, 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 plus. fortuitous and complementary art image for the songs therein. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> got my A. Okay, good. Yeah, there's. I don't know. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful package, and uh, it all works well together. Well, listen, I really love this record. I'm glad you're back the rutabaga after six years it's uh, nice to see you guys and back on the show thanks for being back on the show that's nice for me it's friendly i like that we have a friendly dynamic it's good it's all good so what this this is different than the usual adversarial uh type of (laughs) attack show you usually do i guess i don't really do that i try to be friendly i try to be nice uh i don't try to argue too much but you could have shot me blown me right out of the water with that weird theory i just had and you were nice yeah I know. I mean, everything is open to interpretation. Yeah. Like, you know, I, and I feel like what you said was way better. I was going to ask if you could re edit that. So like, it sounded like I said that <laughs> <laughs> I could send you the transcript and, and punch it in. No, it's uh it's great. So what's next for the rutabaga? If there is anything next at this point, I know you've just put out this record, by the way, this record came out in the, as we're speaking, it's uh uh, the first month of 2023, and I believe the vinyl is now just circulating. Is that correct, Josh? It is, and it should be. Um, we just got an update from John, who runs Comedy Minus One, and uh, so uh, the yeah, he had to talk to the distributors and everything. So I forget what date. Garth, do you remember when he's? It's going to be in stores. I think he said it was March 23rd. Yeah, it'll be in stores soon. He's oh okay, yeah, wow. If if people order it directly from Comedy Minus One or through our Bandcamp, um, John is uh, Johnny on the spot, and he will get it shipped out to you right away. Uh, but yeah, it'll it'll be in stores. He used the term worldwide. So maybe people could go down to uh, Blackbird and say, hey, how about that new Rutabaga record? <laughs> and they'll order it for you. I hope so. I hope um, they do. I hope they do here. Sorry, March 17th. March oh, 17th. It's, it's the widely available on March 17th. Okay. So that's yes, good news. People can hear it digitally. And, and like I said, there, if you order, you know, either through the Comedy Minus One website or our yeah. band camp, there are tapes and CDs as well for, you know, if you like those things, those formats, buy all our play sets yes. and toys. I, uh, yeah. I, I was brandishing a vinyl copy that I directly ordered from Comedy Minus One, just so uh, people understand. But it does sound like it'll be uh, available in stores uh, in March. Of, that was uh, very kind of you, by the way. Oh, that's not my pleasure. I like the band. I like you guys. Everything made sense. I, I don't like my money. I like throwing it away uh onto the internet and seeing what comes back in the mail it's good it's all good yeah. now uh back to my original question what's sort of next for you as a band uh you've kind of contextualized your state of health and being and you're a little bit apart are you writing songs somehow uh trading files that sort of thing working towards a new album and then i don't know if you would be interested in playing shows given everything we've just discussed but can you talk about those things at this point josh yeah, so we are. We've got some new stuff that we've already started working on. 
And I think the plan is to kind of uh, touch base in early spring and kind of see how things are looking. I'm hoping, uh, I don't, I can't remember if we talked about this earlier or not, but we were able to play one show that kind of acted as a record release of sorts, even though it was like a multi-band thing, this uh, thing called the Camp Out mm-hmm. in the fall. And we were, so we were able to do that outdoors and it was incredible. It was really, uh, yeah, everyone was super supportive and really, um, yeah, it was, it was really great. So I'm hoping that we can do some more, at least do some more outdoor shows in 2023. And I'm hoping things will get safer in our, in our communities. So I think, yeah, I think the plan is to just to check in in the spring and see how things are looking. Okay. A lot of hopes there expressed by Josh. Uh, Garth, do you oppose (laughs) any of those hopes? I I am fervently opposed to all of those li- that we're going to have a f- big band fight after this. Uh, no, I did sound actually uh, speaking of the camp out, but like um, I did sound for a, a generator show in a park uh, last summer uh, that our uh, dear friend Ike Turner uh, put on. Not that Ike Turner, but you know, Ike Turner. I know Ike from, yeah. from uh, Michigan as well. Yeah. 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 Correct. Yeah. Yep. He did uh, a really cool show in a park here in Kalamazoo that didn't have power. It was run by a generator. I think that might be our future. Like uh, more outdoor, outdoor shows. shows. Yeah. And be a seasonal band. It's so funny. I just, just, I was just saying this to a guest uh, on my show that do you think that's going to happen? And they didn't think there was enough of an appetite for it and that the venues would suffer in the winter and whatnot. Because I was like, don't you think one way around this is for us to get in a seasonal mode of thinking? Like we do most of our gathering late spring, summer, early fall, and then right. we just sort of hide. Like like we lived in the Yukon or something, you know, where like you, you're just sort of used mm-hmm. to like, yeah, we, we hunker down and then we do all our stuff and get it out of our system and have fun. Write and songs then, in the winter, yeah, write yeah. and record in the winter, yeah. go out and play them and stuff in the in the spring, summer, and fall. So your mindset is, I mean, is already in that vein. I don't know any other way to look at it. Yeah, like uh, it just, I don't want to. Like it's it's worse to lose something than it is to not expect it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, and I, and and I know, I I I know that like this is a thing for venues that they need bands to play and stuff. But like, I also feel like, you know, if people aren't going to, you know, do the masking thing and do the safe things and and all of that, then it just, it's just not going to happen no. for us. Yeah. Um, no. And I'm fine with that. And Outdoor th- shows are fun. I think beyond the legal implications, I think ideally I, the venues would make those calls themselves. Uh, right. And, and that would protect everyone involved. But uh, there's no, st- and, but at the same time, a lot of these venues need you to be drinking. Uh, so you, they can't right. really in the same breath say, wear your mask, except for the drinking part. And then police you, Hey, are you still drinking? What are you doing there? You got you. Yeah, I understand <laughs> it's complicated, but, uh, I agree with all I'll say is I agree with you completely. We shall see what happens. I don't I'm not optimistic we have the collective will to resolve this. I think uh this is where we're at. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to talk about this. I've broken my New Year's resolution many times. It's my fault. No, it's, it's my it's, fault. It's, it's it is valid uh to talk about it, I think. We can't That's the other problem if we don't talk about it. 
uh, it slips through and people forget. I feel like we have to be these annoying squeaky wheels or I don't even think we're being annoying. We're just being, uh, okay, look, I said I was going to stop talking about this. I'm going to do it right now. No more. Uh, Josh, if people want to learn more about the rutabaga and this record leading up to, where would you like to send them on the, you know, the worldwide web? Okay. So our, yeah, our website is just the rutabaga.com and that's spelled R-U-T-A-B-E-G-A, which I know isn't correct, but that's what it is. The rutabaga.com. Um, you can also look up comedy minus one. Uh, comedy minus one.com we're on <laughs> we've got yeah i'm kind of our social media mogul and we're, so there's there yeah there's on instagram facebook twitter i think that's it that's good that's no tiktok yet we need to talk about twitter we need to talk yeah, about twitter I yeah I, yeah i don't i thought it was dying too and it's still here it's uh and it's stronger somehow i've this people following each other i'm like who why is someone following me at this time i thought we were all leaving this thing anyway uh if we can go out on a song from leading up to i wonder if we can uh pick one together i think those of you familiar with the show on this call know that in a scenario like this i will ask one person but the other person gets veto power they can choose something else they can dispute it so in that vein i'm actually going to go to garth to pick a song from leading up to for us to go out on and then let Josh agree or disagree. And then we'll see what happens. Garth, can you pick a song for us to go to and tell us why you chose it? That's kind of tough. I think I just go with mulch just cause that's like, honestly, it's like the most fun for me to play. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You And uh, in a weird way, I think it really encapsulates a lot of what's going on on the record. So I will back you, but also be prepared to turn on you on a dime. If Josh says no. Yeah, you're uh, both Josh, full of so- shit. There's no way we're going out on mulch. Come on. Oh, my God. Seriously? What are we going to go? <laughs> Seriously. We ended the record with mulch. It's perfect. It is perfect to me. What You're so antagonistic all of a sudden. Josh, what do you want to go out on? It is not the single. We're not going out on mulch. No. <laughs> uh, no, that would be great. That would be oh, great. Wow. Okay. So you 180 on yourself. Yeah. I thought yeah. things were getting tense there. I can't even, good acting. I remember uh, I, I posted a picture of me. Uh, flipping the bird at one point and they're like i had like three friends that were like we don't even believe it josh like you're like <laughs> that's not I you tried, i try so hard to be tough fish and yeah yeah no, no it was good I, think- I i was bu- i was buying it for a second because but that's only because i'm very gullible so it's not really had a- folks have you had folks like a lot of folks veto the song to go out on not in a strong way, but someone will say uh, a, a song, and then they're and, and they'll explain it just the way you did, why they chose it, and the other person will be like, "Yeah, that's fine, but aren't you forgetting about such and such?" And then they're like, "Oh yeah, such and such. Okay, yeah, we should go out on that." And then they do. So I that's, don't feel bad about any preciousness yeah. that I've let on. No, no, it's fine. Thank I you. should have stuck to my guns more. We could have been like the one band that couldn't agree on a that song. That breaks up on <laughs> this podcast. Well, you know what? This might have happened and I might have edited it out just because it was so ugly. I don't like ugliness <laughs> on the show. This is uh, Mulch by the Rutabaga from their beautiful new record uh, leading up to. Garth, Josh, it's always a pleasure to hear your band and to talk to you. And I, I wish you all the best. And I hope I see you somehow, somewhere, somewhen. Uh, down the line and I I wish you the best luck in the future thanks again for the time thank you Vish thank you so much truly a pleasure
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, nice to have the Rutabaga back on this show. It's been, uh, what do we say there, six years. Thank you to Josh and Garth of the Rutabaga for appearing on this, the 700. And 59th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever it is you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you've uh, heard about and you're looking for it, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, which I'm really far behind on uh, getting out a monthly newsletter. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get to it. I just I feel like I say so much stuff here that I don't have as much stuff to write about, but I'll work on it. I, I, have, some, I have some things I could talk about in a newsletter. Anyway, for more information about how to sign up for that newsletter and all the other stuff I said, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook. You can follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram, at vishkana. I'm also on uh, Hive and Post and uh, Mastodon. I don't remember what my... I think it's mostly at vishkana, except for that Mastodon you have to write like an email address or something. I don't know how the addresses work. Anyway, I'm on some things. You can also visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. $6 American or more a month grants you access to some exclusive content. You get the episodes earlier than everyone else, a little bit earlier than everybody else, sometimes a lot earlier. It depends on how much time I have in my life to get you things early there's also like uh, old stuff from before i did this podcast but still uh had a recording machine and i would talk to people and then i would put it on the radio or for other stuff and then i put that up on the patreon just to give you some more stuff and uh, if you go to patreon.com slash creative control you can access all those things and donate to the show so thank you if you do that already thank you if you're if you've long thought about doing it and, and, and just haven't done it yet why not now? I, I, I can't sell you on this very well, but please, if you can, support the show on Patreon. Thank you very much. Speaking of thanks, thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, which uh, my friend uh, John Solomon, I believe, is a big fan of all those three places. Also, Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. All of those places offer in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use some uh, music that he has recorded himself, written and recorded himself, and sells to people, but he, he gave some of it away to, to me for free. You can learn more about Jim and how to pay for his records at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with the Rutabaga. I hope you'll check out their new and excellent album leading up to and uh, we'll consider also subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends all about it 
and insisting, insisting that they do the same. Subscribe to the show or follow it. All right, I got to go. I'm tired. It's late. Clearly, I'm both hyper and depleted. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.